you know, Michelle, what was being said by Reverend uh, Scott, uh, Daryl Scott, on the show the other day, I think that pretty much describes how you and I look at it, too. Uh, even though we've received notoriety and all that type of thing, and we thank God for it. But even if nobody else uh, ever calls our name, we knew we were here. That's what Daryl Scott said about it. We know that we have been a part of this process. And I'm so grateful to God to have had the strength to be a part of it. Talk to us. You really have because uh, so when we started this show, all of your friends uh, that you said, hey, call these people. Let's start a show. Burgess Owen was one of them. He's a Super Bowl champion with the what were they called? The Oakland Raiders. Yeah, they were the Oakland. He was an Oakland Raider back. Well, they're still the Raiders, Raiders now, but they were not in Oakland. Yeah. Yeah, I think they moved. I never was a fan because I was a Miami Dolphins fan. Now I'm a Cowboys fan. So yeah, yeah not the too. Raiders. Go Cowboys. But he, Super Bowl champion, African American. Well, he calls himself black. He does not call himself African American. Yeah, no, you know better than that. I know better than that. I know it. See, I'm just trying to be polite. So anyway, he just won. He was not supposed to win his congressional seat in Salt Lake City. They left bombarded and undermined. And now the guy who took on Colin Kaepernick literally took him on in the media calling out his name is going to congress yeah and he was not he wasn't anybody when we he wasn't anybody but an ex-super bowl champ and nobody knew who he was but we had him on the show three four years ago uh john kennedy I'm before sure he, to tell you like six years ago buddy. six is it been six years well listen john kennedy when he first ran senator john kennedy who they love yes. to have on show we helped and helped and helped him uh, yeah, he was our state treasurer. Absolutely. That guy is, you know, crazy like a fox. He's Isn't he a Rhodes Scholar? Yeah, John Yeah, John Kennedy is a, has a brilliant mind, although he reminds you of Huckleberry Finn. But, he does it on purpose. Then, <laughs> and then and the lead is left. And, and I'm not from the South. I'm from New York and Miami. So I definitely, you know, notice accents like his. But what I am not is a rude snob. Because only an ignorant person. Oh, come on, Michelle. Rude. You are truly you a rude snob. You are sometimes. No, no. See, <laughs> ignorance means you don't know something. And if all you hang out with as a leftist elitist is people in Brooklyn, and I'm allowed to talk about Brooklyn because my dad's from there. So bring it on, people. And if you only know those people. So when you see a gentleman like Senator John Kennedy, who is well-educated, his law degree, I think, is from William & Mary, and yet... Because of the way he speaks, they belittle him. Well, you know who's the elitist there and the fool and ignorant one is them. Because living in the South taught me something about embracing everyone, not looking at books by their cover, because that's what you learn in elitism. It's, Let's talk oh, about that, Michelle. Let's talk about that. Let's talk about that. Having grown up in, uh, I mean, you know, having having relationships and 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 rel- re- relatives in both New York and in Miami and in the Miami area. Let's talk about that, because you and I have kicked this around before. I know that uh, when I go north of what we used to call the Mason-Dixon line, when we head up north, when I talk, um, even though, you know, my accent may be nondescript at times, but most at times, times, at times, it's nondescript. When well, I put a Southerner on you, like Jeff Landry, you yeah, start talking I like talk, you're Yeah, yeah, I, you know, I mean, I come home. I come back home. <laughs> I really do. But, uh, but this is the thing that I'm at. Do Northerners and people in Miami, because Miami is not really the South. I mean, it's not really the South. Do y'all uh, uh, automatically 
ascribe ignorance to a person who has a Southern accent? Well, and I hate to make generalizations, so I'm going to use this disclaimer. I cannot speak for everyone. <laughs> but you but do. I can tell you in my personal experience and my upbringing that I was taught that is a sign of ignorance. Are you kidding? My dad, my great-grandfather came here to go to college. So I'm only second-generation American, and my great-grandfather came to New York to go to college in Boston. So, yes, I was taught, like, embedded from my dad, who had never stepped foot here. He'd been to New Orleans, of course, because it's a party town, but just said, Southerners are racist, every single one of them, and they're ignorant. And I live here. I've been here 30 years, raised my children here. Yeah, there's ignorant people here, but ignorance is not a crime. A bad heart, intolerance, those those are not things. But I don't see people that just because they haven't traveled and they haven't been exposed to a lot, they're not unkind. They just don't know those things. I actually find the intolerance and the the just generalization of Southerners. And I talk to people with this job all over the country. I say you all on the phone. And my, you know, people love it. People love the Southern hospitality. So, yeah, it's been, um, and I get to be a a voice for the South and say, hey, don't be picking on them because you don't (laughs) know what you're talking about. And even in Virginia, I don't think it's the South. The South is what we have, CL, where black people and white people, our town is over 56% black. There isn't separation of the races. We have the opportunity in Shreveport, Louisiana, to show the rest of the country and the world what true unity could be. But you've got your paid black activists that go into the black community and pay people to be bitter. So what do we do about that? We don't just get angry. We need to go in that community ourselves in the form of our churches and do what our president did. Our president knew that was going on because it happens in New York. So he went to Pastor Daryl Scott and said, hey, what do you have to lose? Sit down with me. I'm here for you. I want to change the outcomes of black families. And he has done that very thing. And, Theo, when you introduced me to criminal justice reform, I mean, I was a GOP establishment. I was freaked out. Or when you talked to me about you know, never-ending wars, because you're a libertarian. Now I find that all of those things are true. And criminal justice reform, that is my number one issue. Number one, because I want to ask you, CL, as a minister, how is it possible in the state of Louisiana with all the Christians that we are not actively engaged in every prison system here so that when a person is incarcerated, that we transform their life to make them productive citizens. I'm not saying it's against their will, but I'm saying this concept of spending money to put people in a camp to punish them and they come out worse than they went in. How can Christians sleep at night when that's going on? That is, a very, that is a very, very good question, Michelle. Uh, it has to do with anger and fear. Sometimes we're just angry at people. We throw them in jail, but there's no reason to fear them because they can be rehabilitated. There are people that you really do need to fear. And they truly do need to be in jail or they need to be uh, uh, dispatched. But anyway, uh, pastors, Michelle, have often sold themselves and died on that hill of being tough on crime. Politicians do the same thing. Uh, But being tough on crime does not necessarily mean being unjust and un, un, unfair. Yes, I, I want the burglar to be in jail. I want the robber to be in jail. But I do want compassion 
as far as it is concerned with a person who has a human frailty like uh, drug abuse or alcoholism or something of that nature uh, who can be rehabilitated. And I'm not using those as specifics. I'm well, let's just, be specific yeah. because yeah. right now in the state of Oregon, and again, you're the one who really got me into this libertarian stuff. So in the state of Oregon, they decriminalized a lot of things. And there's a meme going around, but it's a fact. You can snort cocaine in Oregon and it's not illegal, but you can't use a plastic straw because that is illegal. Yeah, that's, However, that's Oregon. That's that's Oregon stuff right there. Oh man, that sounds so. That sounds so like Oregon. That sounds so like Oregon. <laughs> However, the problem is they're not a hundred percent wrong because the problem I see with the extreme right is they think that when you criminalize something, you eliminate that behavior. You don't eliminate abortions because you make them illegal. You don't eliminate drug abuse and addiction because it's illegal. As a matter of fact, and this is going to freak everyone out. You won't ask me again on here. As a Christian, I'm appalled at the church in America not engaging the community because it ain't okay for Christians to vote against something but not do something about it. So you don't like that all these people are doing illegal drugs? Why did people say that it's compassionate to not criminalize them? Okay, because you mean when they go to jail, it doesn't make them better? It doesn't get them off of drugs? It doesn't stop the problem? Okay, church, then sit down in your communities and find ways to change the outcomes. To deal with so the person. Yeah, to deal with that person. And cha- you know what, Michelle, you bring up a very interesting point. Because, as you know, I've, I've um, of course, met uh, Minister Farrakhan and I've listened to his, some of, many of his uh, uh, sermons and speeches over the years. And now, of course, I, I cannot possibly endorse anything that Minister Farrakhan, as far as his doctrine is concerned, uh, because he is a racist. Louis Farrakhan is a racist, okay? There is no question about that. He is a racist. However, having said that, let me say this. He has been able and has been successful at reforming and changing the lives of men who were former junkies and alcoholics by giving them purpose as, 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 uh, as uh, different as their purpose may be from mine. He still gave them purpose. That is the coolest thing. And, and, and the that purpose so cool. changed, the, their purpose changed them. That's what happened. Praise God. Their purpose sorry, changed. That's them. called, that's Christianity in action. He may not even be a believer. Right, no, why is the church not saying, yeah. hey, Louis Farrakhan, because we're so worried about being unclean. Do we read the Bible or is it just something we pretend? Because I look at that um, Good Samaritan and I have lots to say about him. Thank God he didn't have social media or he would have just been the Good Samaritan, saw the guy in the ditch, pulled the guy up and took a selfie and said, oh, I did my job. Hashtag Black Lives Matter, Good Samaritan. OK, no, our job is to impact. So it's not bad, even though, like you said, he's a racist. But it doesn't mean in America that if the guy is doing something that's legal and good, that we don't work with him. That's what President Trump has taught me. You already knew this, but I was just so afraid that everything had to be just my little Republican 
that's ridiculous. Absolutely right. Because when you look at uh, President Trump standing up to next to, to little Wayne, I have no doubt in my mind that if Louis Farrakhan would want to do that, this president would reach out to him right. and, and do that because he understands the business of doing it. You see, we get we get so high in our ivory towers and so forth that we shut out a world that we can actually be affecting with our Christianity because we let our prejudices blind others to our Christianity, our prejudices of even approaching them. And that's, uh, I was talking to, well, you, you, you know, you, I'm not going to uh, carry on, go into the conversation that you, me and a, a third party who you've met uh, down in, who you've met on the phone uh, down in Florida. We're, 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 you know, as a min- as ministry, we've talked about ministry and Michelle, there is so, much ministry to be had down in that neck yes. of the woods and yes. here in Shreveport as well. And, and I, I just want to talk to you all, uh, you know, get the, get us together again and talk about ministry, ministry. And so, because what well, we're talking about is ministry. This, bomb, this little truth bomb, speaking of ministry, interestingly, while this is taking place and you and I are Christians and I'm non-denominational, and I'm cool and modern, and I'm on Instagram, and I'm all good. And I have friends that don't agree with my politics at all, and I'm good with that. But you've got your three young pastors that one of them just had a huge falling away, uh, Carl Lenz in Hillsong, New York. Well, for years, I have commented on his erroneous policies to do with the community. I have screenshots of them. Three years ago, when I asked him, before you start preaching to us about politics, I want to know how you've eliminated crime, eliminated poverty, where your church is in New York City. And the interesting thing is, CL, while he was divergent of the word and didn't understand how the word applies to the civic government, he was having affairs. And it was so it's so obvious. So I'm really grateful. I feel like this is a real time of cleansing within the house of God and without you know like in the church and then in the country we've got to know what do we believe if you are pretending to be a christian but you don't read the bible and you don't understand what christianity is you ain't no christian if you say stupid things like well you can't say that you have to be kind really when jesus was clearing out that temple with whips and turning over tables i'm just a little was that sinful should we take it out of the bible and again, CL, I wasn't raised a Christian. I was in the new age. So I see what this is. Hey, I'm this telling is neutered you. neutered stuff that ain't true. No, we got to deal with the whole canon of the word of God. We may not understand it, but it doesn't mean Jesus was violently no. killing people. No, no. And you know what, Michelle? I'm glad you brought that up because uh, when Jesus went up in that temple, and he saw what's going on. That, he, that was about to be a misunderstanding that was about to go on right here. They, they were about to totally, see, they had totally misunderstood what he was about. But he was about to show them what he was about. There was a furniture moving that was going on in that place because he was, he was righteously indignant about what was going on to the people of God, the children of God, and in, in the house of God. And, and, and he, who had made, he, he made it a den of thieves. And so this is something that we have stopped preaching. And the question has to be why. And, well, and we don't yeah. have to preach the law because that's offensive to me as well. 
I don't live the way I do because of the Ten Commandments. No. I live this way because I'm a follower and a passionate lover of God through Jesus Christ. And the word is so passionate. I, the word yes. is passionate. You know, the one thing, now we get passionate about a whole lot of things as far as church service is concerned. We get passionate and cry over songs and all of that kind of thing. Yeah. But are you crying? Or is the word itself breaking you? Is the word breaking? And do you have a pastor who is bringing that word and relating that word to the Caesars of this world? Because the right. Caesars of this well, world. I'm going to say yeah. two things. Yeah. So you were, when we were talking about Jesus cleansing the temple, I believe that that's what's happening today in America, that he's still cleansing it. And these tables that are unturning are these pastors that have been in this sin and it's being exposed. And I hate using the word sin. I'm talking about deception. When you open the door for the enemy to deceive you because there is an enemy, there is evil in the world, and he is not of the kingdom of God. And ultimately, he's the father of all the things that we see. When we see Antifa people being violent, it's not those people. It's the enemy behind them influencing them. Well, hey, listen, girl. We are seeing that right now. I want to thank you so much for coming on uh, with me. I, no, I want to stay with me. Stay with me through this break. You have to pay me extra. <laughs> stay with me through this break for just a little bit because I do have uh, one final question uh, for you. Don't go anywhere. Stay with me, Michelle. I'm CL. This is the CL Bryant Show. Um, that is my executive producer. Michelle is on with me, has been with me for, well, since the very beginning of this show. And uh, I, uh, I really, I really am glad that she's doing well. Her husband is doing well. And uh, the opinions that she has um, given here today have been treasured. And so, and, and, and hopefully, folks, there's a stimulation of the way you think about uh, how we're going to approach our American future. I hope there had, that has been stimulated, at least the way you're thinking about it. Because you're, you're going to have to give some thought to how we proceed. If we're not able to overturn this election, we have to uh, give some thought to how we proceed. If we're not able to hold the Senate, which I do believe we're going to hold it. I'm headed out to Georgia on the 5th of December. I will be there. And um, so we're engaged with what's going on. And so I'm going to return with Michelle. I have one more question for her when I return with her. Here on the C.L. Bryant Show. If you don't get both hours, download free the C.L. Bryant, Bryant Show app. I'll be right back. I was worth saving So you came and changed my life You thought I was worth keeping So you cleaned me up inside you thought I was to die for. So you Red State Talk Radio is now available as a voice command on your Amazon Echo and Echo Dot by simply saying, Alexa, play Red State Talk Radio. Red State Talk Radio on TuneIn. Turn to every single American. Now, we've been hearing all these stories about sanctuary cities, sanctuary cities that... You can now find us on the Amazon Echo and Echo Dot, on TuneIn, on iHeartRadio, and we also have the phone apps in the App Store for your particular phone. And just in case we activated your Echo Dot, Alexa, stop. Stand up for America. Then Americans, stand up, stand up, stand up. God bless you. God bless America. Best I can Always lend a helping hand 
Bell back with you on this fabulous day in the USA. Oh, my goodness, down here in Louisiana, where I am right now, it is absolutely a Chamber of Commerce day. It is beautiful, not a cloud in the sky. The sun is shining on autumn leaves uh, like only it can in my home state of Louisiana. In fact, I'm tempted to drive down uh, to a little place in the country and take a look at uh, what's going on down there. On with me uh, is uh, my good friend, uh, my colleague, confidant and right arm here on the C.L. Bryant Show, executive producer. Michelle is on with me. Michelle, I had one one question. Uh, left that I, I wanted to ask you, you know, I may, I know, um, I know this, I know this before I ask you the question, I know what I say about you and folks, you know, you know, like I kid her a lot, of course, uh, I know what I say about you, but legacy, when we talk about you and we talk about legacy and, um, you tell us what is it you want folks to have said about Michelle when it's all said and done. There you and Mark are sitting on the, the porch, looking off into the sunset and uh, hanging up the spurs. Uh, just uh, enjoy the rest of life. Talk to us about legacy. Michelle, you're on. Are you muted? <laughs> now, see, now, see that. Are you muted, girl? Un, now, now, see, now, wait a minute, now, wait a minute, now, see, I, I, I give you this tear-jerking intro. I heard it. No, I can hear it. But, but yet, but, but then, but then, I, 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 I throw the ball to you. I know. Yes, that's true. <laughs> okay, talk, talk to us. So good. No, I'd like it to be next week. Hang up the spurs, sit on the rockers, and just blow it all off. That's what I'm. That's my goal in life. I want to say this as a Christian and a person engaged in politics, and there's not a lot, I can be honest with you. A lot of the people that we work with are barely uh, uh, children of the Lord, like barely look at the Bible. But I want to leave them with the verse, Romans uh, sixteen twenty, And in the Passion Translation, it says, And the God of peace will swiftly pound Satan to a pulp under your feet, and the wonderful favor of our Lord Jesus will surround you. And we need to keep our eye on the ball. And that is Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. We are not moved by elections one way or another. But what we cannot stand by and not participate in bringing out truth and integrity. That's why we have to stay engaged and behind this president, not lose hope, connect with our friends, and become a movement. But for me personally, CL, the only legacy I want is that simple. I did the best I could that I spoke of truth like Caleb, even when he came and he said, man, there's fruit and it's awesome. And they go, no, man, I'm too afraid. 40 years later, it says that he was still on fire and fought like the young men. And that's what I want to be still full of my ideas and passion and, and strength as if I was 40 years ago. So I'm expecting that the best is yet to come. And I love it when we have this kind of shaking because what we're shaking is the things that can be shaken. They are false, they're hypocritical, and I don't want any part of them. I like the things that are going to remain. You know what's going to be? It's going to be that 75 million Americans that voted for the president and we're going to turn and, and influence all our friends to do the same. 
Love you, kid. Thanks so much for being on with me. God bless and God keep you. Continue fighting the good fight. I know that you will because you are fighting the good fight, Michelle. God bless. I'll talk to you soon. Thanks a lot.